I was climbing a mountain Asleep in the moonlight The ghost of my grandpa Came to me in a dream As the stars hung above us He started singing this chorus Laughed loud as hell And said this to me Take a few chances A few worthy romances Go swimming in the ocean On New Year's Day Don't listen to the critics Stand up and bear witness Go slay all the dragons That stand in your way Welcome to Golf Origin Stories. My name is Chris McEwen. Today is a very special episode for me because not only do I get to talk golf, but I also actually get to talk to the guy who wrote and sings that song. That is Dragons by Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors off of their recent album, also called Dragons. And I mean, how perfect is that? My, my love for golf and my love for music has finally collided into an episode on this show. Um, I'd found out that Drew was a big golfer and kind of a, a big, kind of crazy golf addict like all of us that listen to this show. And, um, and I'd been a fan of his for a while, but I didn't, I, for whatever reason, I, the, the dots hadn't connected till I started following him on Twitter and he posted a picture that, that sparked my interest to get him on the show. And, and he did not let me down. He's a fantastic guest. He's, he's just a, a smart, thoughtful human being. And we get to talk about, you know, his musical influences. And we talk about kind of the making of dragons, uh, the album. And we talk about the song, which I mean, how good, how good is that song? I mean, that is just a, sing along kind of in the tavern scream at the top of your lungs kind of song. And, um, so we get to talk about that. And then of course we talk about golf and it turns out drew drew's love of golf runs deep. He he's an architecture and history buff when it comes to the game. Um, I could have talked to drew for much longer than I did, especially when he just kind of, casually drops the fact that he is sort of a co-owner slash investor of a golf course that many of us hold near and dear to our hearts. So just a fantastic conversation. And I loved every minute of it. I hope you do too. Here's my conversation with Drew Holcomb of Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. Drew Holcomb of Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much for, uh, for being on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, so I'm going to give my, before we get into me peppering you with musical questions, you're kind of like the perfect guest for the show because <laughs> I open, I open every episode with a different song and, um, uh, my two great passions in life are music and golf. And so when I saw one of your tweets caught my eye, cause you played a very significant golf course, uh, I think probably <laughs> last month. And I was like, Oh, okay. And so that's when I started chasing you down. Drew. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I got, I got a lucky invitation, <laughs> but I had heard, so I play, um, one show 
every year in Arizona for it's a it's a private show. It's for friends and family. And so when I start to build that set list, I go and try to look for different kind of uh, inspiration. And so I'll go to Spotify and I'll fire up different playlists or whatever. And uh, that's how I was introduced to you because I you had come on. I, I was doing something else and just listening. And suddenly there's this these pair of individuals that are covering fields of gold. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I was like, who is this? I was just <laughs> floored by it. First of all, it takes the guts to cover fields of gold. And then as well as you and your wife, Ellie did it. I was like, okay, I need to well, know we, more about this guy. We saw sting actually at Carnegie hall. Uh, he he's done a show there three or four times uh, with sort of a cheeky name. It's called symphonicities, which is, uh, you know, a riff on his, on his, uh, on his music synchronicity. Yeah. Uh, but they do it with the, with the, <clears throat> um, the Carnegie symphony and, it's a big fundraiser deal. And we saw him and he ended the show with that song. And uh, we were trying that we had been trying to think of a, a cover to record as a part of this EP we did. And we literally looked at each other like, oh, that's it. Feels the gold. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, it's so good. Um, so did you did you um, marry your wife because of how well she harmonizes with you? Is that like the, the top? <laughs> that was the only- you, do, you guys sound so good together. That was the, the only reason, actually. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, we, we yeah, but music was a big part of our. We were we were actually friends for like I don't know five years before we ever dated. Um, oh wow! That wasn't by my choice. That was by her choice. Um, <laughs> I was I was ready to go from day one. Um, yeah, she took a little convincing. She took a little convincing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but music was like we, we used to go see a lot of shows together. She kind of grew up around the music business. Her dad's a producer. Um, and she sang on records as a kid, but also kind of swore it off, kind of growing up around it, didn't really want to be a part of it. Interesting. And then I graduated, we were just friends and she would sing with me. I'd play like bar gigs in Knoxville and she would okay. come up, she'd come up and sing on a few tunes. And, and then, uh, after I started doing music, um, I sort of convinced her to date me and she was a school teacher at the time. And then. Um, after we got married, I convinced her to quit her teaching job and join the band. And she did that with me for, I don't know, eight years. Yeah. And now, now she's, uh, doesn't tour with us anymore, but we still record together and, and do a short tour in February, uh, with our, with our kids and everything. So it's a lot of fun. That's fun. Yeah. She, um, so she hasn't necessarily left her teaching roots cause didn't she write a book? Like a she children's did. book recently? Yeah, she's yeah. written two children's books. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Second one just came out actually like. It was supposed to come out the, the day of the tornado, which, you know, we had a big tornado in Nashville. Oh, well, yeah. So we're kind of dealing with like a double gut punch of the, the coronavirus <laughs> and uh, and the tornado. But um, so we had to postpone the book release a little bit, needless to say, because our neighborhood yeah. was without power, without Internet houses down everywhere. It was it was pretty terrible. But, wow. Uh, but it's, it's out now. So, yeah. Yeah. You um, so I, I had listened to uh, or watched your artist to artist interview with Ellie mm, in cool. which she stole a bunch of my questions, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you get you. So you're really interesting to me because you're, you know, you've been, you've been doing this for a long time. Um, you know, I think you've probably have, you were releasing an album a year for like six years in a row, I think until last year or 2018, I think. Yeah. Now, now we were, we were there were sort of proper studio records were like every two years, but we would almost always release yeah. like a live project. We put out a Christmas record. We did like a, a covers acoustic thing in the studio. I just sort of am perpetually curious. And so 
the cycle of like one studio album every two years. I like to kind of, I like to do something in between to kind of just keep my creative juices going and also just to keep us in the studio. And um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We put a lot of music out, uh, but we've got about almost six or seven sort of proper records. You know, okay. they're all original studio records that, and that we've done tours for, et cetera. But yeah, we're going to start pacing ourselves a little slower now. I've got three kids. My band guys all have kids. We've been, yeah. we've been road dogging for like 12, 15 years altogether. Yeah. And so, um, we're, we're trying to find a new, you know, sort of more family oriented pace. Yeah. Yeah. But most but of my that, golf is that, on the road too, which is a lot of fun. So the, the less I tour, the less sort of interesting golf I get to do. So there's <laughs> definitely a little bit of a death there as well. Right. Right. The, the, the bands that, so it's really interesting. So during that conversation, you reference a, a bunch of different bands or artists. And I think to me, it kind of connected the dots because you, you tend to be pretty versatile in your sound, in your songwriting. And when you, you started listening to people like David Gray and Ben Gibbard and Springsteen and Dylan and, um, you know, you too, obviously, because you've covered, you covered them. But um, do you think that has kind of, are those your influences? I mean, even in the kitchen covers that you've been doing, you've kind of been like all over the place with, with the stuff you've been playing. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, like most kids in the eighties and nineties, like we weren't sort of like, limited to, you know, whatever one popular radio station in town, there was like, you know, alternative, the alternative scene of sort of the, you know, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Smashing Pumpkins, Radiohead, U2, REM. I mean, there was so like, it's basically like radio where there were no rules, you know, um, musically speaking. And so that's kind of what I grew up around. And then, and then I also grew up around like my parents loved like sort of classic soul and oldies stuff. So you know, we, I was listening to as much like Bill Withers and the Temptations as I was like, you know, Bob Dylan or or Pearl Jam or whatever. So I just the 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 music I grew up listening to is a big melting pot. And so yeah, you know, I don't I don't I don't think that it, there's like a ton of rules as far as what it means to be a singer songwriter. I mean, I, I am sort of at my basic just a guy with a guitar, um, but I have like really 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 good musicians in my band and these guys can play anything and they can play jazz they can play blues they can they're sort of deep and wide and so that's allowed that's allowed me to be pretty creative and to paint with a relatively broad brush you know while still sort of staying true to that sort of like guy with a guitar you know bass line Uh, but we yeah we have fun in the studio we've you know we've made records that are sort of classically uh live recordings where we don't add a lot to them. and then we've made records that are pretty you know busy and and wall of sound production wise and mm-hmm. you know the voice and the songs always are sort of the center of it as long as we can keep that then we can have fun around it you know yeah i think the the storytelling aspect of the writing aspect is a is a big part of that um so and how is that sort of you know i feel like on dragons the, the new album um, it's, it's a very mixed kind of style where in some cases it sounds like you're singing to a person, like you're singing to like your child or you're singing yeah. to your wife, you know, um, you know, or you're singing to your brother. Yeah. Right. And, um, and then, but then you kind of flip some of that stuff and you get into some really good kind of storytelling type of songs. So was, was that like, I know yeah. you talked about when you write a, when you write an album, if it's planned or not, but is it, was that kind of the, the idea? Well, you know, I don't sit down and like, 
map out a record beforehand, but I start writing songs and then the, the sort of cream of the crop kind of show themselves, you know? And so like a song like family was one of the earliest songs I, I wrote for this record. And it was like, okay, this is a really different sort of song. It doesn't have a traditional chorus. It's sort of this stanza, you know, you know, memorable sort of, you know, call and response kind of vibe. Um, and yeah. so I, I knew that that was like sort of the centerpiece of the record. And then when I wrote dragons, you know, I knew that was a centerpiece. And then I wrote the one about Ellie. And so all of a sudden I realized there's sort of like a very personal record. This was going to be a very, you know, uh, there's a song about my grandfather. There's a song about my son. There's a song about my wife. There's a song about my brother. There's yeah. a song about the whole family. And then there's also some of these just like sort of late thirties, you know, multi sort of identity, like wrestling with who you are as a person songs, you know, now that I've sure. got all those various relationships and also have this job and this band and, and, you know, the citizen in this strange world we live in. And yeah, so it was sort of a, it was a very self-reflective record, but sort of yeah. sharing that with the world and not, not like in a navel gazing sort of way, but more, more memoir than, than confession, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, um, so end of the world, which is, quite the timely uh Oof, yeah. song at the moment but it's more of like even end of the world it it's celebratory almost it's like a, it's like yeah it's you know raise like a glass a and then get after it right yeah it's a little bit of sort of my take on the eat drink and be merry for tomorrow you will die theme you know yeah yeah because um, you know there's there's a cheekiness to the song as well there's a little sort of side eye um about the sort of the way people can just just you know, in some ways it was written sort of about the political, uh, you know, how hand wringing that everybody, you know, sort of subjects themselves to on a day to day basis. Mm -hmm. and, um, and the irony that like everything in sort of everything, this too shall pass is true, um, you know, as it relates to not only like the, the, the cultural political moment, but also like our lives, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, you might as well you might as well make the most of it, you know, while you can. Um, yeah. And so that's. That, that, that's one of my favorite songs on the record. When I wrote that one, I was like, oh, this is definitely going to be, this is going to be the banger, you know, on the record. Yeah. So it's really fun. I think that was, um, I, oh yeah. I, I, how many have, how many times you've gotten to play some of these lives so far? I know we well, got kind of interrupted, but. Well, the, the record came out in August. So we actually did the full oh, okay. tour back in the fall. I think we did like 50 shows. And then we actually did a tour. Ellie and I did an acoustic tour for, in February and did another 20 shows. And so, we kind of, we kind of had like the majority of the only place we haven't really taken this record yet is is Europe, which we're supposed to go in August. Fingers crossed, you know. Yeah. Um, but we've gotten to play them a lot, which has been fun. That's great. Yeah, there's some really good end of the world when so like family was like a fun intro, like okay, you know. But then when end of the world hit, I was like, this is good. I like this. This is gonna be a fun album. This is a good album, and uh, and I wasn't disappointed because then we get to dragons. Right. Yep. And yep. dragons, the song, um, and this is going to be, this is going to, I wrote this down when I, when I was listening to the song, uh, the other day, cause it, it has a f very familiar feel to it and, and I couldn't place oh, it. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. And, and then, um, and this is going to carry more weight than it probably, I wish it didn't carry so much weight, but it does have a gambler feel to it. Like oh it's yeah. A storyteller kind of, you know, and this lesson to be learned and this advice that, you know, everyone can take. And, it's one of the, I think it's one of the great sing-along songs. Yeah. That was sort of my, my hope with this song was I wanted like a big sort of bar room chorus. Yeah. You know, where it's like, 
you know, Irish pub sort of vibe. Um, but then the sort of talking storyteller verses kind of like, you know, in the sort of Johnny Cash, Christ- Christopherson vein. And I have this sort of low part of my voice that is in my talking voice. Obviously you can hear it as we have this conversation, yeah. but that I haven't, I haven't done a lot of songs where I've sang in that register. And so that was a really fun sort of exercise, even just like, you know, as a singer to kind of dive into that part of my voice. And that song yeah. we, we wrote, I think I wrote it. I wrote it again, Zach Williams from Alone Bellow, another band I really like. And about three weeks after we wrote it, we had a Christmas show at the big, we do an annual Christmas show at the symphony center here in Nashville. And okay. it's, a lot, it's a lot of fun. It's about 50% Christmas songs and then about 50% our original stuff. And, um, we decided to debut that song that night and just, you know, hometown crowd, you know, see how it goes. And we got a standing yeah. ovation after the first chorus. And I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. We are certainly on to something here, you know? Yeah. And it's become sort of an anthem for us and for our fans. And uh, the amount of stories I've heard from people that are like, you know, I was going through this thing or whatever, and the song helped me or, you know, my grandfather died and we sang that at his funeral. It's just like kind of stuff that, you know, when you start dreaming about this as a, as a, you know, young guitar player, songwriter, this, this is like what the dreams are are made of. And it's been really satisfying, you know? So when you, when you wrote the line, go slay all the dragons that stand in your way, I mean, did you just have like, did you know? Because that go slay all the dragons that stand in your way is just so great. It's such yeah. a good line and the way it's delivered is so good. Yeah, I don't, I, it, it was it definitely was one of those courses that just kind of came to me. I mean, I had, I had some different phrases from there. I, I had this slay the dragons is like a theme between me and a bunch of other bands. It's like a, a thing we say to each other when we leave to go on the road. You know, okay. like get on, the, get on the stage and slay the dragons. You know, it's like, yeah, that's what, that's what we're all trying to do out there. And so trying to, I sort of knew I wanted to put that into a song. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, it, it, sometimes you just get lucky when you're writing. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Last like question a, that's like, not, like, yeah. No, go last ahead. question that's not golf related. And then we'll get to the reason right. that you're here. So That's I right. talked to Tom Coyne and he was always going to be an author. I talked to Christina Kim. She was always going to be a golfer. Were you always going to be a singer songwriter? You know, I'm going to break your, break your stride there. Um, I'm not, <laughs> I, I was not, I, I had like, honestly, until I was probably 21, I had no thought of doing this as a job. Really? Um, but you love yeah. music. I mean, you obviously have music. A, I started, a, no. yeah. yeah, I started playing music when I was like in seventh grade. I loved it. But I just always thought it'd be like a side thing. You know, I'd <clears throat> maybe play a show here and there with friends and do covers and, you know, that kind of thing. But I didn't really start writing songs until I was like junior in college. And so 21, wow. you're, you know, <clears throat> and I was quickly on my way towards graduate school. I wanted to, I wanted to be a college history professor. So there you go. That was my, my, yeah. my long lost childhood dream. <laughs> <laughs> There's always time. There's always time. That's right. There's always time. If you want to go teach history? Oh, but, okay. So I lied. One more question. Yeah. What was the reaction when your children saw you without the beard? Well, you can see it. It's, I think this it's, we, well, I guess it's gone now, but we posted it on the internet. They, uh, they, I let them watch me do it because none of them, all three of my kids <laughs> had never seen me, uh, yeah. you know, beardless. 
And that's really why I did it. Cause my seven year old daughter was like, dad, I really want to see your face, you know? Yeah. And they loved it. They, the, the, the baby, he's 18 months. He kind of looked at me very strangely. just kept touching. <laughs> he just kept looking at me with his like sort of head tilt and touching my face. Kind of like, now the good news is my brother is clean shaven and we're, we're really, we really look a lot alike. So okay. I think my son, they just like, they kept saying like, you just, you look like uncle Sam, you know, you look like yeah. uncle Sam. So it was, that was a pretty fun, fun moment. But I can, it looks like you're going to grow back. Yes. It's already, it's actually already grown back. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. cause you and I are the same that way. Cause I, sometimes I feel like I sneeze and I have a beard. Yes. Well, that's right. Like just the hair just shoots out of my face. Well, that's why I grew it in the first place is cause I would shave in the morning and then I, you know, go give my wife a kiss and she'd be like, ow, you know, that hurts. Yeah. You know, I was like, well, I got to, just got to grow a beard. Uh, okay. Let's talk some golf. Let's do it. All right. So I mentioned the, the tweet that you'd sent out the picture of a scorecard and a pencil and it was from Augusta national. Yeah. So, so clearly you've got some, some love for the game and you also host an outing. Yep. Right. Are you going to be able to do that this year again? I know you're traveling a bit. Well, we actually you did, yeah, gonna, do like the headliner, right? We do. We do. We did it last year at stream song. We're going to do it again, but we're going to do it in the fall of 2021. Um, okay. Just so much of touring has been moved and rescheduled that we kind of needed the time on the calendar for, for our regular job. Um, right. And, and uh, there's just a lot of unknowns too right now with, you know, when things are coming back online. And so we decided just to, for everybody's sake, just to push it, but it's, it's a lot of fun. We had 180 golfers. Yeah. Um, it was a blast. It looks like we, a blast. We did concerts at night and had all these various contests and it was a really good time. Yeah. That's, that works out well for me that you're going to push it out because now it gives me time to plan. There you go. That's right. It'll be, it's the weekend before Thanksgiving, 2021. So perfect. Headlinergolf.com. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And you can get you watch the little the little hype video. Family is the is the song playing behind it, so you That's can right. little listen to family. I knew a guy um, who let me use it. So, <laughs> so how did you? When did you fall in love with golf? How did this happen? Yeah, you know, I, I I grew up around golf. My grandfather took me to play at this little great little nine hole Muni course. He was a really good player. He's like club champion at various country clubs around Memphis. He's a surgeon. Played in college in the forties. But at this, the, the game never really took with me. And so I had a set of clubs. Like, I mean, I was playing ping I twos until like six years ago. Um, wow. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe even five years ago, but about you know, probably, probably, yeah, probably six, seven years ago. But basically what happened is in college um, or after college, I moved back to Nashville and I would play in like a couple of scrambles. It's like the guy who just, you know, tries yeah. to rip, tries to rip it and loses a box of balls and, you know, it's pretty right. bad. But two things sort of happened simultaneously. One, um, one of my best friends moved back to move to Nashville. Um, he's a guy that is a really good golfer. He's like a plus two. And so I started playing with him a little bit and I just kept getting really frustrated how bad I was compared to him. You know, he's out there shooting 70 and 69 and I'm shooting 120 and picking up every other hole. And so Around the same time, I was t I was on tour with a band called Need to Breathe, and they uh, had yeah. some golfers in the band. And we I kept getting invited to play like really good places. So like on that tour, we played Oakland Hills and, and outside of Detroit, and we played Valhalla yeah. outside of Louisville, and all of a sudden I was like, and I played Southern Hills and Tulsa, and I was sort of making a mess of all these wonderful courses, you know. <laughs> and so that was I don't know two thousand eleven or twelve something like that. And I just decided I was going to get, get into the game and I just 
absolutely pushed the accelerator and I went from like a 25 handicap. I've gone all the way down to a four, not at a four wow. currently because it's winter, but yeah. So, I mean, I play all the time. I, I mean, I, that's sort of my main hobby and I've made friends all over the country and music is really interesting because people love it and, and there's a connection to it. And so, you know, these golfers all know each other. And so word gets out, you know, to one guy that I like to play golf and he reaches out to his buddy in the other town and says, Hey, this guy loves golf. You should take him to your club. And so, I've, I mean, that's honestly, I've just been, it's a plethora of absurdity uh, of the places <laughs> I've gotten to play. I mean, Cypress Point, Augusta, Chicago golf, I'm playing Pine Valley later this year, you know, depending on Man. how all this thing goes down. I've taken a couple trips to Scotland played the old course, Carnoose. I mean, it's just been a blast. And there's a bunch of really great guys here in Nashville that love the game like me. And we just, you know, we have a good time and it's, it's just a great escape from, um, the, the, the road life, you know, like when I, cause we get, we pull into town usually 8am and I wake up and I don't have to beat soundcheck till four. Yeah. So it's like the perfect combo for me. Yeah. That is nice. It's kind of, uh, just a bit of a relaxing kind of, uh, time before the storm, so to speak. Yeah, right. Yeah, before exactly. you get to work. That's right. Yeah. So have you, so while you've kind of become obsessed with golf, it sounds like you've also become a bit of a, a course junkie. Yeah. Like, yeah. do you have a big long list of courses? Yeah. Oh yeah. I've got my personal top 100. Um, I've got like, I kept getting asked to play places that, you know, and my, my wife was like, how do I know you're telling the truth about this like place and why it's important or whatever? So I actually made a list. And I was really? like, right, these are the 10 courses that if I get invited, I'm going like, yeah. I don't care if I'm in trouble. <laughs> and you know, and, and, and she respects that, which has been great. But on that yeah. list was like, you know, Oakmont and, you know, national golf links, Shinnecock and stuff like that. And so I've, I've been able to knock a good number of them out. I'm, I'm not really chasing the top 100 or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I'd rather play those, some of the ones I really love over and over again than I would like chasing courses. But um, yeah, I, I've really, I'm a big Seth Rayner, McDonald fan. I mean, those guys, Okay. they're, you know, I love the template holes are a lot of fun. Obviously there's not a lot of them, but playing any McKenzie course is pretty special. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've, I've become really good friends with an architect here in Tennessee called Rob, named Rob Collins. He did this place called Sweetens Cove. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah, that. I know Sweetens Cove. Sure. Yeah. That's that's awesome. So now I'm actually one of the sort of co-owners and investors in the course. So I would say that my my love has sort of gone overboard into into <laughs> uh, into uh, super fandom of, yeah. of, of, of the old architects and stuff. My new my new sort of goal once this the economy sort of fixes itself and we get moving is I want to start collecting some of those sort of classic architecture books like Scotland's gift, the CB McDonald book and McKenzie's got a great book and yep. uh, what's his name out George Thomas who did Riv Riviera and LA LACC. He's got a great book. And so, um, yeah, the yeah, um, McKenzie book is on my nightstand right now. Oh, nice. Nice. I just, I just started it. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, what I'm talking about you're, you're yep. in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I have a, I have a theory with, uh, with golf course architects and I, I'll, I'll see if you, if it, Oh yeah. With me or, I, I'd love to um, hear it. So to me, the reason that I, I think I personally have become kind of enamored with the uh, golf course architect sort of world is because, um, I related to, to influences in music. Mm-hmm. So you can see the influences go through like they're linear, you know, like yeah, when yeah, I yeah. hear, when I hear Mike McCready play guitar, I can hear Jimi Hendrix or right, Stevie Ray right. Vaughan. 
right? And so you can do the same thing with like golf, golf course architecture and be like, oh, this guy was influenced by this guy and that guy was, you know, and you can kind of see that lineage and it's oh, really absolutely. cool to me. Yeah, that's so, that's really true. And a lot of people ask me, you know, who, who's your favorite architect? And I'm like, well, there's only one right answer and it's old Tom Morse. You know, it's like, <laughs> right. Like they all, everything that, that Donald Ross got, he got from old Tom Morse and McKenzie learned from old Tom Morse. All these guys, like by playing, you know, the old course and Dornuck and Carnoustie, you know, and, and old Tom Morse got all his stuff from the freaking weather. You know, it's just like, right. it's like, right. you know, started cutting grass in these beautiful spots. And yeah, it's really true. I mean, it's, it's funny thing you say that about music, but like, you know, popular music is really like golf also in the sense that it's only music's been around for, for, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, but recorded music and artists, you know, if you look at the popularity of artists and, and recorded music, it honestly sort of follows professional golf. Like, you know, your first stars are starting to happen in the twenties, you know, around the same yeah. time that Harry Varden and Taylor and, we met and these guys are starting to become famous. And then, you know, they have this heyday in the fifties and sixties where all of a sudden post-war era, you know, all these musicians are signing and radio's going crazy and TV's yeah. going crazy and the same thing's happening, you know, you know, Beatles and Arnold Palmer, like the same sort of phenomenon, right. two mediums that really didn't even exist, you know, in the 18th, in the 19th century. And all of a sudden 20th century, they sort of like these two dominant, cultural forces and uh it is really interesting because there's there's i see that like i have a lot of a couple of friends in the pga tour and they love music and i wish they were musicians and all of us musicians <laughs> who play golf wish we were on the pga right. tour and it's this right. really weird sort of grass is greener thing happening right that's super cool so so why we, we kind of figured out that you know you love it and when you fell in love with it but why you know you kind of touched a little bit on a it's kind of a bit of an outlet but what grabbed you initially or, and what grabs you now about I, the game? I think there's a curiosity. There's a couple things I really love about it. Um, there's, there's a curiosity to the, to the reality. You can play golf in sort of any sort of geography and it's always different. You know, I mean, there's mountain golf, there's seaside golf, there's urban parkland golf, there's desert golf. You know, there's, there's just so many ways to experience the game and be outside and see different parts of the world. And then I think the second thing is, is, is it's always a challenge. Like you can't beat golf, you know, <laughs> like I, I remember the first time I broke 80, it was like, I was losing my mind. I was so excited. You know, I shot 79. I'm like, you know, basically buying drinks for everybody and just like, yeah, you know, right. and the next day I, I could, cause I'm like, Oh, I got it. I figured it out. Like I was hitting, <laughs> I was hitting my irons like to 15 feet and I was like, what the hell's going on? This is so great. And then I uh, went out the next day and shot 91. All right. And I went and just stared in the mirror and I'm like, what is going on? This game is so freaking right. frustrating. I mean, like, it's like, who am I? Yeah. It's like trying to chase like the girl, of your dreams. And she, you know, one night, you know, she's like friendly and wanting to hang out. And the next day she won't answer your calls. It's just like, that's what the golf is like. And there's some, there's something in us that like needs that sort of challenge, you know? Um, but then I also think, that relationally golf is just incredible for, 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 for me. Uh, I have some of my best conversations with like my best conversations about parenting are on the course with other dads. My best conversation yeah. about, you know, trying to be a good husband are on the course with dads. Now there's also people on the golf course who are idiots and, you know, <laughs> don't know how to have a serious conversation about anything. 
you know, but you kind of learn that pretty quickly and avoid those kind of people. At least I do. Um, yep. But I just think there's a camaraderie. There's a, there's a, you know, there's just like, it's a great way to spend some time. I love to walk and almost, almost always walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, yeah, I just, there's so many things about it that I love. I mean, it, the things that I hate about it are sort of its history of inequality. And there's definitely like a racism element to the history of the game that, yeah, but that's true with, with most sports. I mean, you look at baseball and other things and, you know, but like, you know, think about baseball, like, yeah, there's baseball stadiums are different sizes, you know, slightly, but it's basically the right. same thing. Football, yep. same thing. Soccer, same thing. Everywhere you go in the world, it's kind of the same experience. Golf, it's like, you know, playing golf in Scotland versus playing golf in Florida, two totally different things. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And you can play, I don't know how many other sports, like, I don't think I can think of any that you could play the, the same in the same sort of quote stadiums as pros. Oh yeah, totally. That's, that's, like you, and you can have every once in a while, you can hit a shot like a pro on the and, course that he hit the shot. Right. And if you play like, you know, I've been, I've played in a bunch of pro-ams, you can, it's like the only sport you can actually compete against a professional and they don't have to throttle down because of, right, because right. of the handicap system, you know? So like yeah. Kevin Kisner is one of my really good buddies and we go play and I get, uh, he gets six extra, you know, off scratch. So I'm yeah. getting like 12 shots and we can actually have, a pretty decent match and he doesn't yeah. have to like whereas if i go play tennis with andy roddick like <laughs> he can't actually play yeah. to his ability yeah you know because i would never get my racket on the ball or like you know if roger clemens and i want to go out and like try to hit balls like i'm going to go zero for 100 right you know but right. me if, if, if you know i'm getting a shot from kids and we play a, a par four and i make par and he makes you know doesn't doesn't make the birdie it's like boom I just got one on kids, right. you know. Right. <laughs> you can tell him I said that. I'm gonna send him this. That's awesome. How is he doing? I know I'm, I can't imagine that these guys must be getting stir crazy. Just they are. I mean, I think he lives on he lives on a golf course, so I think he's out getting getting his reps. Is he? Yeah. Um, but good. yeah, I mean, he's got you know, just like me, he's got little kids, so yeah. we're all doing our best. Yeah. That's super cool. So are we gonna get a um, we're gonna get a Bill Withers song tonight. Well, we've already recorded one for tonight. We'll probably try to knock one out for tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. That's uh, yeah. Those have been really fun, man. I've been really, and it's cool that you know, and I, I'm referring to the, I'm referring to the kitchen covers that you're doing every night. Yeah. Um, and you're you're not doing it just to kind of like entertain, even though you are, but you're actually trying to raise some money for some people. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. that are struggling right now. So yeah, we're we're raising money for twenty uh, percent of it goes to uh, it's all tips, so nobody's having to pay anything, but. Yeah, um, you just pay what you want. Yeah, yeah it's pay what you want. Twenty percent uh, goes to the Music Cares Musician Relief Fund for people who lost work, and then the other eighty percent goes to our band and crew, who yeah. um, <clears throat> who've all lost the whole spring of income. And so, it's been really cool, man. People have been really generous, and we're definitely we're, we're going to be able to make payroll for uh, you know at least a couple uh, the, mo- the month ahead of us, and uh, it looks That's like awesome. we might be able to get the next one too. So been awesome yeah you don't even think about you know you're a musician but you're also kind of a small business owner i am yeah you know you've got like people that kind of depend on you yep that's right yeah yeah Yeah, that's man but yeah those have been fun i think the i think so far my favorite has probably been the springsteen cover that you did oh thanks man you know what's interesting is that's been like the least uh watched one um which makes me sad for my my fan base it's, it's so good. Yeah. Like a goodness. super deep cut, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, but hey, you know, nothing feels better than blood on blood, man. Man, it's a great it's line. A great line. It's so good. Um, yeah, so, and I think we also have the same, because uh, this is how much I watch. Every morning when I wake up and I get set up and, and start going through work emails or whatever, I'll throw, it's like a playlist on YouTube. You can just like autoplay yeah. and you let it go and, and whatever. And I'll, you know, when the, every once in a while I'll peek up and I think that we've got the same subway tile in our, our kitchen. So yeah, that's our, that's our connection. I love that. That's awesome, man. <laughs> All right, sir. Thanks. I, I appreciate your time. I'm so happy that we were able to do this. Um, Absolutely. Thanks. You for know, now are you, time. are you going to do the, is the moon river uh, moon music river festival still going to be going? It's still on unless, you know, it's, uh, it's in, late September or so, or we're, yeah. you know, there's a lot of time between now and then we'll, we'll know no more as we get there, but right now it's on. So. Gonna, okay, gonna, great. Gonna and that's like that. your thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I started that uh, about seven years ago. It's been a lot of fun. That's super cool. And you've got a, it's a pretty good, pretty good, uh, cast of characters there. I think, I think yeah, Cheryl, Crow, Cheryl Crow, Ben Rector, Indigo Girls, Jayhawks. I mean, it's a pretty good group. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's sort of a festival for people who don't like the huge festivals because we only have two stages. They don't compete. Uh, yeah. And it's uh, only about you know, 10 or 11,000 people, which is a lot less than, you know, the Lollapaloozas of the world. Right. But then you get a chance to see everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to miss anything. Yeah. Cause a lot of times you go to these festivals and you have to like pick and choose and you're like, well, you know, that's not very fair. You, or you see a half a show and then you go see the other half. Road. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, good. That's cool. Um, thanks again. You know, stay healthy. All right. You hopefully, too, man. uh, hopefully golf courses open up yep. Are your golf courses closed. They're open, but it's sort of like walking only and which is yeah. kind of ideal for me. So, um, yeah, the, the governor is, you know, it's funny. I, it I didn't really start walking. Exercise. What's that? Our governor has considered it part of the essential exercise. Uh, oh, that's nice. Clauses, which is nice. That's nice. Although I have to, I have to say like, I have a sense of guilt even because for me to worry about golf courses being open in my, you know, my area, like that's the worst of my yeah. issues right now. Like, right. Yeah. my goodness, am I a lucky human, you know? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So, but yeah, it's yeah. funny. Um, you talk about walking. I didn't start walking a golf course until like last year. Isn't it and great? It like introduced a new part of the game that I, I had no idea. Well, I think it it's really, especially when you get in the into, the into the architecture side, if you're only seeing a course yeah. from the cart path, you don't really like, pick up on the nuances, you know? Right. It's totally true. And then you just have, like you were saying about conversations, like, you know, you can have a walk with someone. Like how often do you have a walk with someone and just right. talk, just you talk. know, like that never happens. Yep. So yeah, I'm on board with that one. All right, sir. I will, I will let you go. I really do appreciate the time. Love the album. I love a lot of the albums. Thanks, I think, man. I appreciate that. I think you guys do a great job and uh, give Ellie my best. And, uh, and everyone should go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow Drew on Twitter. You're a good follow. I enjoy it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's some good, it's some just good music. People that like music should just go and listen to that stuff. So thanks again, Drew. I appreciate okay. it. Take care, Chris. So that is Drew Holcomb of Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. Just a guy with a guitar and a deep obsession for the game that we all love, which is that game of golf. What a great interview. He's just a, he's just a wonderful human being. And I'm so glad that I got to talk to him and hopefully you enjoyed it. And if you don't do anything else after this episode, at least go to Drew's YouTube channel. I'll put the link in the notes um, and go and watch his music video for family for the song family. Uh, 
it'll just give you an idea of just you know, how serious Drew takes himself. It's a fantastic music video. It's a great song. The whole album, Dragons is, is great, so you should give that a listen to. But while you're on the YouTube channel, I highly recommend watching a few of his and his wife Ellie's kitchen covers because they're fantastic. They really, truly are. And he's doing, you know, he's doing them every night and trying to raise some money for the people that support him and that work with him and that work within the music industry. So, if, you know, if you have a couple bucks you can throw, please do. He's also released an album that you can order that will also go towards helping others, uh, like an actual record that's been pressed. And um, so, yeah, hopefully everyone else enjoyed the episode. I know I, I enjoyed the conversation. And how about Drew just kind of, you know, dropping Sweetens Cove on us? Like it's not even a big deal. I mean, how great is that? But anyways... That is the show. And so thank you again for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe and rate it and leave a review. If you can't do that because you're not on Apple Podcasts or whatever, maybe tell a friend or a fellow golfer or even a fellow music listener because you never know who's going to be on the show. But with that, I will leave you with a little bit more of Dragons off of the latest release from Jew Holcomb and the Neighbors called dragons and for my family and friends that are out there in arizona learn this song get the words right because i guarantee i'm bringing it with me and we're going to play it with that i'll talk to everyone next week thanks again for listening take a few chances few worthy romances go swimming in the ocean on new year's day